Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like to find out more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, my goodness, this is the beginning of our fourth season of Insight Peterborough, which is a show dedicated to exploring issues of interest to people with disabilities and their allies. We definitely have to thank Jill Stavely and Rob Haleman of Trent Radio for allowing us to continue to broadcast our show, even if it is recorded at home. The one thing that I kept hearing after the lockdown last March was that this organization and that one were going to be postponing their fundraisers until September. And that is what many of them have done. We just had the Easter Seals telethon, and I'm awfully sorry that I wasn't able to interview anyone from there and and get it aired before the telethon, but I certainly hope they did well. And another organization that is pretty much doing the same thing is Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind. They are located in Manatick, Ontario, which is just 20 miles south of Ottawa, but there are people in the Peterborough area who have guide dogs trained for them, including my Frankie. So I chatted with Alex Ivick, who is the manager of development at Canadian Guide Dogs, And he told us all about a fundraising effort that's going to be happening called Dollars for Dogs. And here is uh, the interview with Alex. Hi there, Alex, and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So maybe could you begin by telling us what Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind is and where uh, it is located. The Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind is a national charity. We're based in Manatick, Ontario, which is near Ottawa, Um, but we serve the entire country. We're a national charity, so we serve coast to coast to coast, and we place guide dogs with people that are blind or partially sighted uh, at no cost to the client, so we try to eliminate all barriers um, to receiving a guide dog. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, when was uh, when was it opened or established? Oh, uh, we were uh, started in 1984, and we're pretty lucky because we were our founder Jane Thornton uh, is still here and still our COO. So we've been here for 36 years, and uh, she's been at the helm the entire time. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, now, did I hear somewhere along the way the way that uh, you were? 
working on uh, a new residence and new kennels? Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a big capital project that's uh, coming close to completion. Um, we decided that we needed to expand and, and modernize our facility so that we could, you know, serve additional Canadians um, and the people that we were serving. Uh, having a new building with a new setup using technology, we, we could uh, incorporate technology and enhance the learning experience while people are here. Um, also, in the, the last, you know, 30 years since we were first uh, started, the understanding of dog physiology and psychology has, has gone forward quite a bit. So now we can use all of that uh, information to design the new kennels that we've designed so that the dogs have a, you know, even better uh, physical health and mental well-being. Uh, so that's going to enhance their learning and their ability to work with people. And then the last part we really wanted to do it for was... Um, we want it to be fully accessible. So uh, our old building had some spots where it wasn't fully accessible. So it was really important for us to, to be accessible to the, the whole country and to anyone who needed to come here. Mm-hmm. So have either of these new facilities been open yet? Uh, they're very close to done. Uh, they're not furnished or in use as of yet, um, but the, the physical buildings and the property is, is complete or very close to it. And I, I suppose the grand opening for either facility will have to kind of wait on the schedule that COVID-19 is uh, planning for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of what everyone's going to do is going to be dictated a little bit by COVID-19. But, um, yeah, the buildings were, were, like, they're still not in use. They would have been earlier if the pandemic hadn't arrived. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, at some point we'll do something to, to show everybody and do a little bit of bragging on how, how wonderful the new facility is. How else has COVID-19 affected your work there? Um, the biggest way is in our program delivery. Um, it's also impacted our revenue, um, but the, the biggest way was our program delivery. So, you know, typically we're serving clients up to eight at a time that come here and stay for the three weeks and do a whole training session to, to bond and uh, train with their new guide dog. But obviously there's a lot of risk associated with that, with that many people from all different parts of the country. So we've had to move to a, a system where we're just bringing in one person at a time. We completely isolate that section of the building, that wing of the building, so that only their client uh, and their immediate instructor is going into that uh, part of the building. They have their own vehicle. Uh, we make sure we have PPE and cleaning products everywhere just to make sure that anyone who's coming here uh, is safe. Um, but it was also really important for us to move forward. We didn't want people to have to wait, um, you know, three months, six months, a year longer. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to get it going but to do it properly. So that's the biggest impact. Uh, but the other one is in revenue with um, all of our events. Uh, so many of our events we use for fundraising in addition to um, spreading awareness, but all of those events obviously have had to be canceled. Um, so that revenue, um, that part of our revenue has been impacted quite a bit. Are you doing any training at home? Uh, we did some uh, home placements with, with some clients, um, but predominantly now we're doing two weeks here at the center uh, with one person only here at a time. Uh, okay. So I understand that you have uh, a fundraiser coming up. Yeah, we actually. 
actually have our Dollar for Dogs fundraising walk is just around the corner. It's next Sunday, September 20th. Um, and the main location for that is at uh, Andrew uh, Hamlin Park in Ottawa. And so we're limited by how many people, sorry, Andrew Hayden Park in Ottawa. Um, but we're limited how many people can be there at a time. So because we can only have 75 people there, um, we're also encouraging people that uh, they could do a walk in their own neighborhood or their own community and still do the fundraising uh, for us as part of the walk total. So regardless of wherever you are in Canada, you can go onto our website at guidedogs.ca, register, uh, approach people you know to, to sponsor you or to make a donation, and then do a walk in an area you feel comfortable and safe in. Um, or if you do live in the Ottawa area, we do still have some spots open where you could do the walk at the, the park at, at uh, Andrew Hayden Park. Okay. So if somebody is in Ottawa or is going to be in Ottawa on that uh, day and wants to register, how do they do that? Yeah, so go to our website at guidedogs.ca and there's an events tab. Um, once you're there, you click the Dollar for Dogs fundraising walk, and it'll have everything um, listed out how to go there. But you basically would sign up online, uh, or if that's difficult for you, you can also call us here at 613-692-7777, and you can register with us uh, on by phone as well. Okay. And then once you've done that, we're asking walkers to arrive anytime between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., on September 20th, and we'll have people actually walk on their own or with people in their bubble so that we're uh, encouraging distancing. All right, that sounds good. And um, is there a deadline um, set for, for people who have walked elsewhere and have raised money? Uh, no. The, well, I mean, ideally by the end of the month, um, people have done their walk and their fundraising, but there isn't a, a firm date. So if you're hoping to participate but maybe needing to do it a little bit later, definitely give us a call here uh, and we can walk anybody through that process. All right. That sounds good. Any other fundraisers planned along the way? Uh, yeah. Well, the other one that's going on is actually this weekend. Um we actually have a motorcycle ride on Sunday, September 13th. So, um, yeah, that's a, a fun little one where people come and bring their motorcycles and go on a ride around the area with a bunch of stations. Obviously, like everything else, we've had to uh, modify it quite a bit to be safe for um, COVID for all the riders that are choosing to participate. Um, but if there's any motorcycle riders that are interested in participating on that, same thing, you can go to our website at guidedogs.ca. Uh, it's an entry fee of $20, and you're welcome to fundraise on top of that if you like. Um, but it's a fun day to, to ride if you're a motorcycle rider. Yeah. I hope the weather is good for you. We really hope so as well. Yeah. But they're both rain or shine, so I think they'll go on either way. Okay. Terrific. Great. Um, is there anything else that you wanted uh, to touch on? here at Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind, but our focuses right now are continuing to place dogs with, with people who need them and doing that safely, 
and then you know trying to raise the revenue and take care of all of our dogs and puppies and volunteers and staff while we're doing it. Okay, well, thanks so much for coming on with us, and uh, do let us know if and when there's something else that you want people to be aware of. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's great. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate that. Now, um, what is your title there? So my title is Manager of Development. Okay. All right. Okay. And um, how do you spell your last name? Yeah, it's I-V-I-C. All right, then. Okay. I didn't even ask, Devin, is this for, this is for, like, print, this is for written? Oh, no, actually, this is for, I'm sorry, um, it is for Insight Peterborough, which is a a program that will air, um, that has been airing each Monday at noon. Oh, gotcha. On Trent Radio. Oh, okay. And, uh, um, you know, other people can uh, listen to it by going to Trent Radio's website. website and looking for the uh, listen now link and uh, yeah I I don't know exactly how many people we reach but uh, we try to reach as many as possible insight people thing for you too like you're doing a bunch of different media outlets which has got to be hugely fun and rewarding for you oh yeah I really like it yeah Mm -hmm. and I do uh, spotlight on assistance dogs which uh, will be on the 18th. It's the third Friday of each month. So I believe it's the 18th. So it'll come on. It'll uh, air just in time for your um, your dog, dog, dollars for dog walk. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you for doing it. All right. Have a good one. Say hi to everybody there for me. I will. Okay, thanks, Alex. Well, as it turned out, fundraisers weren't the only events that were postponed from the spring of this year to September. A number of annual general meetings were postponed as well, and that was the case with Guide Dog Users of Canada. They had planned to have their meeting up at Lake Joseph, near the Muskokas, But as it turned out, uh, they had to do it virtually, or they will have to do it virtually, on September 19th. I spoke with Sharon Morton from Gravenhurst and Kim Marsden from Barrie, who are the co-chairs of the annual general meeting. And then I got to speak with Kim Bannatyne, from Winnipeg, Manitoba, who is the co-designer of the merchandise that Guide Dog Users of Canada now has available. And she talked to us all about the merch store, the online merch store. So here's that interview. Hi, ladies, and welcome to the program. Hello, Devin. Hello, Devin. So, first of all, can we begin by finding out, uh, kind of refreshing our memories, uh, about what GDUC, or Guide Dog Users of Canada, is and when it uh, was established and that sort of thing? 
Well, Guide Dog Users of Canada was formed in 1999, and it consists of a team of dedicated volunteers who are all guide dog handlers, and their dogs come from various schools across the country. And we offer, I would like to think, a lot of benefits to people who have guide dogs. We have a wonderful peer support group, and we will offer emotional support to people that maybe have to make some difficult decisions in the lifetime of their guide dog, be it retiring or losing them. And we can help them decide what school might be best for them. And uh, we, we do our peer support through either email or definitely in person at our AGMs. And uh, we like to share in the excitement when they come home with their new guide dog. And just we help each other with different issues and problems and um, fun and, and, you know, anything that they want to have help with, we're there to help them. And we have quite a few people who have uh, dogs from uh, schools in the States, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's varied. I mean, there are um, four guide dog schools, I guess, in Canada and numerous ones across the states. And uh, you can basically go whatever school you think suits you. Everybody has different wants, different needs. And uh, we kind of help people say, well, we've been to this school and this is what our experience was. And to share our experiences and it helps people decide what school might work best for them if going back to the same school or changing schools. Do you also do any advocacy? Oh, yes. Yes, we are big on advocating for our people um, in various ways. We will help them if they've had any uh, dog refusals, be it into buildings or taxis, various things. Uh, we sit on several accessibility advisory committees across Canada. And we will help and deal with different government bills that have been put forth that uh, pertain to guide dogs. And we have been dealing with a big issue that has been around for a while, unfortunately, with these fake service dogs. Oh, yeah, that's and a hassle. That, oh, yeah, that has become a real issue. And um, so that has been kind of first and foremost lately with advocacy helping to determine who who they are and uh, to try and eliminate them from airplanes and uh, buses, things like that, because they could be a potential danger to our well-trained guide dogs. Now, I suppose in, in while you're doing advocacy like that, you're also doing a bit of public education about guide dogs. We certainly are, like teaching the public the do's and don'ts when you're around a guide dog and their handler. Uh, ignore the dog. Please do not touch the dog. Don't encourage the dog. And uh, I guess we kind of take it for granted, but the general public doesn't. It is getting a lot better than it used to be, and a lot of that is because of the advocacy that we do do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Training the public, like we train our dogs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sure. So now, uh, Kim, when is the uh, annual general meeting that uh, you're going to be having? It's 
coming up very soon, we handle our uh, annual general meeting, usually a couple of days for a conference. It's happening on September 19th, 2020 this year. And it's a little bit different this year. We've, in the past, we always meet uh, in a conference center, a hotel, where we can get together, we host our meeting, and that's only for half of one day, where we elect a new board, we go over all the numbers and any new things that have to be decided. But it's also a learning time and a social time for us handlers to get together because we're a national organization. We are from coast to coast to coast. And getting together once a year is quite important to us. We are able to put a handshake and a hug to all those people that we've supported and have supported us through some very difficult and fun times in our lives. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this year, due to the pandemic, we are trying something very new for us. Our membership is trying a virtual annual general meeting. We are doing a Zoom conference, and we are going to get together on this platform and decide our new board for the next year. So we'll be able to continually advocate for our membership. We can support each other because during this pandemic, the support that has been I've seen on the list um, that's been happening a lot is to do with how to keep our dogs entertained and keep their skills up when we're having to be locked down. These dogs are picked and trained to navigate city streets, buses, planes, trains, all kinds. And to be locked up in a home, they still needed to suppose that um, keeping a safe distance is a little harder with a, a guide dog. Well, they're just not trained. Uh, they don't know how to social distance. They know how to bring us to the counter's edge. Mm-hmm. They do learn in time that about lineups a little bit, but they don't know what the red squares or yellow squares or whatever color the store is chosen is mark where we have to stand. They can't follow that. No. So it's very difficult to be out and about. Now, if someone is listening to this and uh, would like to join GDUC, can they uh, vote uh, in this upcoming AGM uh, if they join now? They can join now, and they're welcome to join the AGM, but unfortunately, um, to vote, you have to have had your membership paid by August 4th, 2020, to be eligible to vote at this AGM, but we welcome your membership, and you are more than welcome then, you'll be voting in next year's AGM. Yes, and in the meantime, 
uh, you'll get... can enjoy everything we have to offer, whether it be through peer support. Um, we have a wellness fund, uh, which is another way we can support each other. Yeah. If our dogs um, undergo any kind of extreme health concerns, that's above and beyond a normal dog's care, we can apply to this wellness fund to get help with paying for the, the vet bills to keep our dogs active. Yeah. And we also have what we call a Mary Spice Fund. And um, Mary Spice was a volunteer many years ago, and when she passed away, she was very generous and left a good portion of her estate to GDUC to help financially to get people to um, be able to afford to come to the AGMs because it can get a little costly. And uh, so you can apply to the Mary Spice Funds for some financial assistance to uh, get you to wherever the AGM would be. It usually changes locations every year to accommodate our, our members across the country. And uh, so, again, that's uh, another perk with being a member of GDUC. Mm-hmm. And do you have a newsletter? Yes, we do. We have a wonderful newsletter. It is put together. We uh, named our newsletter two by four because that's how we walk, two feet <laughs> by four feet. Yeah, that's great. Right. together. And uh, this newsletter is a compilation of articles, stories, helpful hints, all kinds of information. It's put together by our, uh, a committee that's created with the membership and the board of directors, and we put it out quarterly. Well, that sounds good. So, uh, once again, the uh, AGM is on September 19th, I believe yeah. you said. And how would people go about uh, finding out more about Guide Dog Users of Canada? If you go on to the website, gduc.ca, we have lots of information there. There's, you can ask questions. We have a toll-free number that you can call. You can pay uh, your membership on the website, can you, if you want to do it that way? Yes, you can. You can definitely pay your membership on our website. You can look on our website for our newsletter, and there's a link in our newsletter to be able to register because our AGM is not just for our members. It's for our friends and family. The AGM is a great place to learn what happens with the GDUC, how it works, and if it's something you'd like to join. So it's open to our friends, family, and anyone that is interested. And the phone number, I just happen to have it here, mm -hmm. is one 285 All right. That's great. And uh, I imagine the website is where you'd find out all the information about the annual meeting and, and how to become involved in that? That is correct. There's, um, we have practice sessions for people that possibly haven't used Zoom before. It's a very accessible platform. The 
whether you have very proficient skills and you're on a computer or if you're on a smart technology, you can, you'll be able to call in using that as well as there's a dial-in number that's just a simple toll-free number and from a landline you can call in and join the meeting. We're doing all our voting electronically on our site. Keep things there. Okay, ladies, that's uh, wonderful. Is there anything I've missed asking you about? Well, we, we're, we're sitting right now with 109 members, but uh, we are always hoping for new members and uh, just new blood all the time. We're always open to new ideas, and uh, we look forward to always having new members come and join us. All right. And I know that there's something else that a guide dog uses of Canada is doing, and we'll speak to um, Kim Vanatine about that. But thank you very much, ladies, for chatting with us and refreshing our memories and uh, about guide dog users of Canada and uh, what uh, the organization is, is up to. Thanks very much. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be speaking with Kim Bannatine from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and she has uh, an interesting announcement to make. Hi there, Kim. Welcome to the program. Hi, Devin. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So aside from the AGM that Guide Dog Users of Canada is going to be holding, I understand that you'll be talking a little bit about a, a merch store that GDUC now has. How did that get started? Oh, yes. Um, what happened was, uh, after a board meeting one day, uh, Brittany Kelsey, another member, and I, we started talking because people had said, well, you know, we had all these T-shirts left over and we don't know what happened to them. And, and she started telling me that she's... Uh, graphic designer and that she had set up a store before on the web and it was quite successful. So we started talking and we came up with a design. Um, it, it's really nice to work with somebody who's so talented. She's, she's young, she's talented. It's great to have members like that. And anyway, the, the store was born. We, we launched our first design. Um, just just a while ago, uh, we did a lot of research and before, and uh, we came up with uh, a website called uh, Teespring that sells T-shirts. Our, our GDUC store will be selling T-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies. That is our product. We have one design right now. Uh, it's a maple leaf with um, a black and yellow lab looking to the left. On top it reads, Guide Dog Users of Canada, and below it reads, Support Guide Dogs Everywhere. Um, on the back of the shirt, we have gduc.ca. Uh, it has a couple of footprints above and some paw prints below. And that represents our website. 
site and it also represents our GDC newsletter. Well, that sounds pretty neat. That's great. Um, so you you have a, a, a T-shirt, and what else? We have T-shirts, we have hoodies, and we have sweatshirts. Okay. And I'm not sure, but there might be a tank in there. Uh, the colors are black, white, gray, cobalt blue, and navy blue. So that's a, a nice variety. Then. Oh, yes. And the sizes are uh, small and up into the XLs. There's all, also children's. Mm-hmm. And so far, we've had a really good response. We've had, uh, we've made already over, just over $100 for the organization. And we're getting towards, uh, we're going over the 20 mark for um, items sold. And so uh, that's a pretty good start. It is. Now, is this um, a store that's in Canada or, or the States, or where is it? This is a States website, but the reason we went with this is it because it handles all our uh, logistical needs. Like, um, this is the only store that, um, having members all over Canada, uh, we could ship individually. And we also make a profit on each item that we sell. So it's a really great fundraiser, and it's a really, really good advocate, advocating tool. Yeah, that's for sure, I'll say. Uh-huh. Now, what, uh, what can you tell us about uh, uh, prices or um, how much profit uh, GDUC makes? Well, um, the shirts run from... Anywhere from, I think it's 24 and change for a child, uh, up to, for the hoodies, it can go up to 51 $52, mm-hmm. uh, which is comparable. Yes. Um, you know, you're supporting your organization, so um, there's shipping and handling, etc. involved. Yep. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you order in bulk, you do save money. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the profit's concerned, uh, the minimum profit, profit we make per item is $4. Okay, and then it increases uh, all depending on just what you order and that sort of thing, eh? Yes. All right. So, so it's quite exciting. And, you know, for to try and fundraise um, across the country uh, is not an easy task to do. And another thing was, is we did research a lot of Canadian companies, but none of them could fill our needs. We always had to go back to the bulk shipping, and then we've got third and fourth parties involved. And this is just an excellent one-stop shop. Also, we're, we're kind of excited because, um, like I said, we have a, a yellow and black lab, which are the most popular breeds right now, on our first design. But uh, we're also thinking uh, forward because we're starting to get such great response that we're going to try and encompass like all of the five, uh, like the five breeds. most used pop- popular breeds. Uh-huh. 
know, example like shepherds or retrievers, uh, poodles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got to start somewhere. Well, that's true. Yeah. Raising money nowadays, like during this pandemic, is quite hard, and 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 um, this is basically all you have to really do is sit back and shop. So, that's and right. with um, I don't know if everybody's aware of it, but uh, National Guide Dog Awareness Month is coming up. So, what In better September. way to advocate by wearing? Wearing a T-shirt, a hoodie, or a sweatshirt. That's right. And then uh, Christmas and possibly birthdays after that. Oh, yes. I have actually, I offered my, my young niece, I said, what would you like for your birthday? I've got this T-shirt in, in your size, or, or you could have money. And she said, oh, Auntie Kim, I want a T-shirt. Well, that's good. And I said to her, I said, well... What do you do? Do you tell anybody about your T-shirt? Oh, I tell all my friends. I, my auntie has a guide dog and what the guide dog does. So, I mean, word does get around, and, and, and that's kind of neat to see. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we have to remember, like, now that we're, um, our organization is, a, like, we have, we have 109 members, and we have a very uh, strong membership. Like our our people are um, like our peer support is wonderful, absolutely over the top, and uh, a lot of our people are like that. The knowledge is power. There's a lot of knowledge in those members, and uh, we're we're starting to step up our advocacy game. Yes, and I would imagine that the. Uh Shirts will be good conversation starters about guide dogs and uh, how to uh, conduct yourself with a, a person that has a guide dog and that sort of thing. So where would uh, people go if they want to have a look at these uh, shirts and find out more about them and uh, hopefully place an order? Well, um, there's two ways to do it. Um, you can go on the gduc.ca website, and there should be a link on there there for the T-shirts. Uh, also, you can go on, um, the link is https colon slash slash teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com slash stores slash GDUC. All right. And uh, if you're having any trouble, I mean, you can reach out maybe to one of the members if you know them or whatever, but uh, I, I've been able to get on, so. Terrific. So it's, it's quite accessible then. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. There's, there's like any website, there's a couple glitches, but like I said, it beats all our needs. Okay. Well, thanks very much for doing this with us, Kim, and uh, all sorts of uh, luck. Well, thank you very much for having me. Well, although this is the middle of the month, this is the first time in September that we've been able to talk to you, and so we have our monthly segment called Get Together with Kim. And Kim Kilpatrick 
is a, an employee of the Get Together with Technology program of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And uh, we try to cover uh, a variety of topics. And uh, this time, we'll be talking about Twitter. And uh, as usual, at the beginning of the month, although we're kind of in the middle of the month, but in our first um, broadcast of the season, we are going to chat now with Kim Kilpatrick on our uh, monthly feature called Get Together with Kim. Hi there, Kim. How are you? Hello, Devin. How are you? I'm fine. That's good. I'm, I'm fine as well. So anyway, I thought, well, I know that one of the things that I'd like to do, and, and I don't know whether other people would like to do it or not, but I, I thought we could talk about Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Yes, I am on Twitter, but uh, since COVID, I've, I've tried to not be on it quite as much all of the social media platforms, just because there's so much news, and I know everybody's saying that there's so much information, so there's so much information on the news and that you can read and on a, on these social media platforms, definitely lots of news stories coming through and numbers are up and the COVID is up and there's fires and there's this and that. So I find that if I am on there too much, I find it hard. So I, I try not to be on it too much. And I think a lot of experts have said since COVID to limit your news and informational intake to, well, you can do whatever you want, but, you know, once a day or, because people are getting anxious and very... Depressed? Uh, yeah, depressed and, and nervous and scared, and, and, and I think that is a good rule of thumb because I find that I'm actually reading more novels and books now than I was before and less information uh, oh. and I try to sort of limit that and some people say limit it at night sort of oh, yes. uh, at the end of the day maybe if you're going to go on Twitter or Facebook or other social media platforms do it you know first thing in the morning and don't keep checking back and checking back and right. um, doing those things so I, I sort of taken that to heart and I think it has really helped with um, stress levels and, and you know and and emotion, emotional health and things to to try not to always have that open and on. Yeah. So that is one thing I would say, especially right now, that um, I find really helpful to do. I I uh, have heard quite enough about uh, COVID nineteen already. I don't need to be. Uh, uh, hearing it on Twitter or uh, reading it on Twitter or anything like that. But I, the one thing that kind of uh, interests me is being able to um, fill in uh, Twitter polls uh, that um, I know Accessible Media Incorporated, AMI, um, has those. And yeah, that, Dave Brown always has Twitter polls. Yeah. Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and, so. and one thing I, I like about Twitter, um, Twitter is quite blind-friendly because the tweets, which are the messages from other people, are in a list. 
chronologically. So okay. I know sometimes Facebook, the posts kind of jump around. So you see something from one hour ago, and then you see something from two days ago, and then you see, you know, uh, yeah. so they are chronological. And you don't have to. So when you're on Twitter, you, you sign up with an account, and you have a username, which could be your name, or it could be, you know, something else if you want. Yeah. And then you can tweet. So you can say what you're thinking or you can share um, information. So a lot of blindness organizations will tweet something and then you could, you, you know, you could retweet it or guide dog users would tweet something and you could retweet that so you could send it to the people that um, follow you. Yeah. So it is easy to do because there's a text field and then you send it and it goes out and so, and all of the messages are in order. So. You can choose to follow um, the sources you find are the most reputable. So, say if you if you are really interested in your your city's COVID numbers, I would suggest you know following your city's public health on yes. Twitter or something. You know something where you're getting the information that the city wants you to have, or the or the province does, or you don't want. Now, maybe you do. Maybe you want to see. Uh, maybe you're of a, a certain political persuasion or your certain way. You can follow whoever you want. So you can customize it so you're not seeing, um, you know, if you're not interested in following Mr. Trump on Twitter, you don't, you don't have to see his tweets unless one of your friends or followers retweets it, then it, right. it could be there. But you can customize it so that you are seeing um, things based on what you want to see. So oh, yeah. it's, it's not that you're... You know, you're just seeing everything on Twitter. And the times I do find it useful are um, sometimes when events have happened. So say if there's a, I don't mean COVID because it's like a long-term event. Yeah. When, say if there's a, a bad storm and you're kind of wondering about cancellations or say there's a uh, um, an event that happened which, you know, blocked tra traffic in your city yes. or you know... Say there's a big windstorm and you're wondering, like, you know, where are buses rerouted or something. You can follow, like, I will follow our city's transit system. And so sometimes, you know, there'll be, you know, the, the LRG is delayed because of snow on the, you know, you can see things like that. So that can be quite useful uh -huh. to do. Uh -huh. so, um, so when you set up an account, you can tweet and then you can search for followers. Okay. For, for, for people to follow. Yeah. So what they say is people to follow. So say I search for you on Twitter and then I could find you and follow you. And then you could decide whether you wanted to also follow me. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if I'm following you, I read all your tweets. But if you're not following me, you don't, you don't read mine. Right. So I could follow you and you could choose not to follow me. And uh, you would, I would read yours, but you wouldn't read mine. But if we follow each other, you know, I would read yours and you would read mine, and I would also read what you retweeted. So if you followed, um, if you followed Guide Dog Users of Canada, yes. I could read those from your list, and then I could say, oh, I want to follow Guide Dog Users of Canada, so I could then go and follow them. Ah, okay. If I read that. So it's a bit of a circle, you know, where you follow someone and they follow you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can follow things from within what you were interested in and, yes. and get a bigger um, 
a bigger list of people that you read on Twitter. Right. Now, when I installed it in uh, a number of years ago on my older computer, I used a thing called Cube. Yeah, I don't know if Cube is still working or not. Uh-huh. I, I heard that Cube was, was quite good. For the last several years, I've mostly used it on my, on my iPhone because I do find that very easy to do. Okay. Um, uh, the Twitter client, the native one, is good, and there's also a good one called Twitterific, uh-huh. um, which I have on my phone uh, for that. So definitely there are a few on the PC that you can use. You could also just log into Twitter um, on your computer without one. You know, you can, you can oh, kind yeah. of just log into the website and read them. Uh-huh. But I do find the phone is easy because there'll be one on a line and then you swipe one finger to the right and you get to the next one. So, uh-huh. um, And then if you tap on it, double tap on it with one finger, you can do things like retweet it or, um, you know, uh, follow that person. And yeah. so there's, there's, I find that, that quite good to do. Um, can you send private tweets that aren't... Yeah. Yeah? So, so on Twitter, they're called um, direct messages, and you can send us... Uh, if you send a direct message, then that will um, go just to you, and, you know, other yeah. people won't see it. Right. I, I could see. send you a message on Twitter. Yes. Uh, as you can on Facebook. Right. The okay. other thing um, that happens is there are these things called hashtags. Oh, yes. Which uh, is the, I guess it's the number sign. Yes. I guess they would call it that. So if you go, say, to a conference, so say you went to a conference on... Uh, uh, guide dogs. Guide dogs in Canada. We're using them today. <laughs> went to their conference. Yeah. And they tell you, sometimes you're sitting in, a, in, a, in an event, and even say you went to uh, a workshop for your radio station, like for for in, for Peter Rural, yeah. it might say, "Oh, if anyone wants to tweet about how much you know what they're finding today, the hashtag is um, Radio Conference 2020." Or oh yes, like that. You can hashtag. I'm enjoying Devin's talk about accessibility at hashtag. Radio Conference 2020. And what that does is if, if someone wants to search for everything that was said by people that went to an event, they could search for that hashtag. So they could search in the search field that is there, hashtag Radio Conference 2020, and then they could say that Devin liked it and Kim liked it and so-and-so did not like it and didn't find it helpful. So they can actually read what's going on at an event. Okay. Because a lot of people will live, they say live tweet, so they'll live tweet when they're at an event. Yes. Now, I'm not, I don't know, I I don't, because I don't know why it is. I just can't, if I'm concentrating on something, I'm not really thinking about the fact that I'm putting it up on, yeah. <laughs> on social media. But a lot of people really do, you know, like they'll say, oh, now we're, uh, we're going to workshop on whatever it is and... I'm just about to go in, and there seems like a lot of people here. So some people really get into that, and they do it. Uh-huh. Uh, so some people like to follow the progress of, a, of an event that way by looking at 
the hashtag, you know, that's what it was. So yeah. That's something you can do as well on Twitter. Now, if you have it on your phone and you want to write something, uh, can you uh, do it by dictation or do you have to type it in? No, you can do it. Once you're in the text field, it's like any other text field, so you can do it by dictation. I actually don't know. I'd have to look this up, and that's a good thing. I can look this up before next time. I don't know if you can connect it, say, to Siri and say, send a tweet. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is how do people, say they uh, uh, come across a, a, a shooting or a fire or, a, you know, an emergency situation, um, how do they warn everybody that this is what is happening, like everybody in general? That's a good question. I wonder if each city has a kind of hashtag. I think people just tweet something out uh -huh. um, and hope that, that that web of tweeting, I've never had to tweet out, you know, there's, no. there's a fire here. But um, I would think that people tweet it out and then other people see it and they send it. Uh, they send it out, you know, further, and yeah. then, and then I guess maybe the city sees it too. I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I do know sometimes you'll see on Twitter someone will say, "Oh, the the traffic's blocked at this place." So I guess if you take it on yourself to kind of start that, but I think that if you then call nine one one and there's something major, then the city itself will tweet it. Oh yes. I mean, yeah. I I tend to follow my city and and so if the city tweets it and I follow sort of also um, media outlets that you trust yes so yeah so if you do want to follow news outlets that you trust yeah um, they would probably be tweeting out pretty early on so say um, CBC or um, like I'm not sure your local ones or sometimes your local papers will yeah. have someone go out and they will put it up so right I tend to read those because, you know, those are um, those are ones that I would trust as well. Or if the city puts something up, but definitely uh, you can look. You could search for uh, uh, even a, a few words. So, say for example, you smelled smoke near your house, yeah. And if you wanted to put in smoke in Peterborough. Uh, you know, downtown Peterborough or wherever you were. Yes. It might come up that someone has tweeted, oh, I see a fire. You know, so it could be useful in that way. Oh, yeah. See? Uh -huh. Yeah. So if you wanted to download the Twitter um, client on, on your phone, um, you would just go to Twitter and find a, a download? Yes, or you could go to the iPhone app store or the Android app store and you could search for Twitter and you will find it. it. It should be the one that comes up first. There will also be other ones that will show up. Uh -huh. um, apparently, there's quite a good one for the Apple Watch called Church. I don't know much more than that about it, but certain ones will show up. But uh, Twitter one is free. I think Twitterific was a one-time cost. So Twitter is free, so you could download it, and then you could even sign up, I think, from within the app if you want to create an account uh -huh. um, and then just play with it and and it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward okay um, 
And then do you also have to download Twitterific? No. 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 Okay. You can download if you if you find that you don't like it or you know, you wanna look for another Twitter app that you like better, um, you could you could try Twitterific. But I would start with the free you know, I would just start with Twitter. Yeah. Um and and follow a few things. Search for some interests that you have or some groups or your municipality or your um, or ask your friends are you on Twitter? What's yeah. your what's your username on Twitter and then they could you know, they could follow you. Okay, that's great. Is there anything else that um, you might want to pass along about that? No, I think it's it's worth trying, but also just keep in mind that um, some people on social media platforms, because you're kind of anonymous on there, there is, I haven't fortunately had a lot of um, negative things come at me or you know, hurtful things come at you, but just be aware that there are people on there that, you know, that will say negative things or controversial things, or they could come if you if you said, oh, I love uh, this political party, or I love this, you know, this, I want to wear a mask. I love wearing a mask <laughs> during COVID. You could get some people, anti-mask type people that criticize it and just they can be people can be pretty uh, harsh on social media because I think think that being anonymous makes it possible to, to be like that yes yeah I think they call that shaming don't they yeah and yeah they do and and also um, you know some people just just like stirring it up and want you to get into a battle with them on Twitter, you know, say, yeah. oh, you're wrong, and then they can escalate it. So just be aware of that, and so um, just know that when you put something out on any kind of social media, it's out there, and, and other people could, you know, share it and see it. So I always say I, I, I wouldn't say anything on social media that I wouldn't say, you know, in public to people. Like, I, right. I wouldn't... You know, I just, I just am careful a little bit, but also know that, you know, there can be um, people out there that will, will say negative things or hurtful things, or and just, um, just either delete those things or, or just know that it could happen. Now, it's touch wood, it hasn't really happened to me, um, but I know that, you know, there are people that will write something and then that can happen so yeah. all right well uh, we'll be in touch uh, next week and uh, next week next month i'm not sure what we'll talk about but as usual if anybody has any uh ideas that you'd like us to discuss or whatever just send an email to insightpeterborough at gmail.com and hopefully you and i can find a day when the lawnmower is not active outside <laughs> Well, we've just about come to the end of another edition of Insight Peterborough. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good week and talk soon. Bye for now.